1: Rob Doster here, I got Jeff Goodman with me Hell no John
2: Fink. Are we still live? Field of 68 till I die I'm sorry man, I've out Randolph children DJ Khaled, you know the big DJ Khaled guy? Hands
3: brought up and in
2: Goodman needs to be fired all the time
3: Josh Tavka
2: You're gonna beat people, straight up You know the deal Drink responsibly tonight, I'll be drinking with you
1: Jarrell McNeil From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors This is Field of 68 After dark, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Friday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark here on YouTube, here on X, and here on Stadium. We are live, we are streaming, we are going to be answering your questions. Make sure you hop in the chat, make sure you fire them away. Remember, we have last call tonight. As soon as our show is over here on the Field of 68, we're going to be jumping over there on Stadium answering anything you have to ask us as long as it does not get us canceled and maybe we'll ask some things that might get us canceled as well we'd like to have fun over there on that show uh we have a big show a big slate to uh to kind of discuss here we're going to be breaking down this gonzaga san diego state game it is a seven point lead for the aztecs in the kennel right now as we speak there's less than three minutes left in that game everybody in the acc play tonight and t.o here has a very hot take on the sec that he is going to have to share here at some point uh but before we get into all of that we got to talk about the single biggest upset of the day and one of the more interesting uh results that we've seen this season for storylines for conversations about coaching jobs for conversations about whatever you want to talk about make state and Will Wade, the American gangster, went in to Ann Arbor and knocked off Jawan Howard and the Michigan Wolverines, 87-76 behind 30 points, 10 boards, 6 assists, and 5 steals from Shahada Wells. It was a dominating performance. Tyler Hansbrough, Terrence Oglesby. Guys, T.O., I'll go to you first on this one. What do you what do you make of Will Wade and the successes he's had early on this season at McMeese State?
2: Uh,
1: did anybody doubt it? <laughs> Big money, Will.
2: American gangster, dude can coach. And and what gets lost in this whole thing is the dude can really coach. He's an excellent X's and O's guy. And whenever he got that job at McNeese State, I was curious how some of these things were going to be funded. And I talked to Will for our, what is it, off the carousel. He's like, there's a lot of positives about this job. I'm familiar with this territory. I feel like I'm going to be able to get guys. Uh, I have some boosters here that are really excited about basketball. And get this they host the conference tournament, I want to say, for the next couple of years. They're all home games for them. So there's a lot of positives at McNeese State. And then you knew right away that he was going to get dudes. And what happens? Shahada Wells comes over from TCU. They get a couple of other guys that are high major transfers that haven't really played the role that they've wanted. And they go to McNeese State, and they get that role. And then, to be honest with you guys, I'm not at all shocked because in my humble opinion, and it's not worth much, but it's worth something, I thought that they were actually a little bit more talented today than the Michigan Wolverines. Not shocked at all that they won, and as much in flux as it is right now in Michigan's basketball program, for Will Wade to come in there all gangster-like like like he usually is, go in there and get a win, not surprised at all.
1: My man Will can coach. Yeah, Tyler, I think that the biggest thing that stood out for me from watching this game was the, the, the effort level of these two teams, right? We saw McNeese State out there busting their asses. They were playing like this was their Super Bowl. And it looked like Michigan could care less or could not care less about being out there on the floor uh, in the game against a McNeese State team that has already won at VCU and at UAB this season. How do you solve that if you're Jawan Howard? How do you solve uh, a lack of uh, a lack of caring on your roster?
3: that's a tough situation as a player you always want to respect the game and come out and at least you know give your effort and give your energy and then you can handle losing but when you don't bring the energy or the effort and you lose uh that's a bad look I know there's been a lot of issues uh at Michigan and there's been you know Howard hasn't been coaching the team there's been a lot of. You know, the strength coach, he almost got in a fight with the strength coach. There's there's a lot of stuff happening in Michigan and there's not a lot of positive coming out of there. But when I look at the stat sheet tonight, one stat that really does stand out to me that Michigan turned the ball over 15 times compared to McNeese State four times. And so that just shows you that they didn't take care of the ball. They had a lot of turnovers and that's a recipe for disaster. But also McNeese State is a quality team. Uh, You know, they're 11 and two coming into a, you know, into Michigan It's had a lot A lot of problems like a wounded duck. They took advantage of them.
1: All right, T.O. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I know you're not a big fan of the net, and I know you're not a big fan of analytics this early in the season, but McNeese State is sitting here before factoring in this win at Michigan, and they were number 54 in the net. They already had a quadrant one win, uh, which was on the road at UAB, um, and they already have uh, a, a quadrant two win, which is on the road at VCU. So if they, They're they going to have to win out because the if you look at what's going on in the, the Southland, it's not a very good uh, league when it comes to the metrics. But is this a program that's put themselves on the spot to be in the conversation for an at-large bid?
2: You know what? They lost the Louisiana Tech, who's got some good players, Daniel Bacho, so forth. Western Carolina has some good players as well. Uh, those are their only two losses. Outside of that, they have won some pretty good games. Uh, UT Martin's not great, but they're good. Southern Miss, that was Will's first game back. That's a big win. And then Michigan today. And Michigan might be, what, a quad two? But it's on the road, so it might be a quad one, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know what the quads one are. One. The quads don't matter. They're big wins, especially for a team like McNeese State. They, they messed up the block M. The real block M is from McNeese. They're the same. There was a terrific – what was it? Is it called a meme or gif? I don't know what they're called today. I'm too old to even try to understand. But it's like the Drake one where Drake's like – he's like hiding from it. He was hiding from the Michigan M and then he just points at the, the McNeese him. That was well done. I was very happy about that. But, no, here's the thing. We, we know that they have talent. Shahada Wells is really good player. C.J. Felder, transferred from Florida, who was at Boston College before that, he's a good player. Didn't play all that much, whatever. They've got guys. They're going to have guys. Wherever Will Wade goes and wherever he goes after this, because he's going to go somewhere else, It's just a matter
1: of how long he's well, going to be at McNeese. Let's talk about that. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. Where... We can, but he's going to win, and how he's going to get we... dudes. How quickly do you think he will be able to get another high major job? We talked about it before things started here. DePaul is a place where if you're able to get talent coming in, you're able to get a guy that can coach, it feels like it makes sense. West Virginia was another one I threw out there. He's going to be able to get dudes in there. It's going to be the same kind of dudes that he recruited to LSU. What do you think about either of those openings? Is that someone you would hire which, this cycle? Which which which
2: openings did you say? Say that again. I got Dagan texting. What, me. what, 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 was what did you say? DePaul, dude, I, I think DePaul makes a lot of sense because you're going to need need an unconventional route to get DePaul going. Could you imagine if he ends up going to DePaul, running Chicago, getting dudes out of that city to come down to Chicago? I, that one makes sense to me. You have to go a little bit unconventional. Uh, and Will Wade, man, he's going to get guys. It's just a matter of where you need him to get them. And it, I have a feeling you put him in Chicago. Think about the Big East then. Patino, Cooley, uh, Miller, uh, McDermott. My God, look at all those coaches. Oh, excuse me, Kim English. I got to say something positive about Providence fans where they all shit their britches. So let me just go ahead and say something nice to Providence. Kim English is a good coach. Providence is playing well. You all can go dig a hole for jumping in my inbox all this much. You don't need to do that. I see they're winning. I'm glad they win at home. We're not worried about if they win at home. We're worried about if they win on the road because everybody knows that you're going to win at the amp. Next question. All those coaches heading to the Big East would be an elite situation. You' talk about storylines. There's great storylines this year. Move will Wade to DePaul, just another dude that's going to come in there, and I would argue if he ends up at DePaul, they have a top five roster in that conference in year one. That's how quickly that could happen.
1: Uh, Tyler, what about Jawan at Michigan? It, it, this, it just feels like this is not working out right now. When you're this, at this point in the season, they've lost seven out of 10 since going into Madison Square Garden and beating the brakes off the Johnnies. They, they they beat about like 20, okay? They beat the brakes off them. Now you got Juwan Howard back. They've lost seven of their last 10. And this was a, I'm just going to call it what it is. That was a lethargic effort from, uh, from Michigan tonight. At what point do you kind of say like, look, this is just, it ain't working with you, Juwan
3: not this year for sure and a big part of that is because I know uh Jawan hasn't been able to coach the team majority of the year it's been a weird situation he's on the sideline but he's not coaching Uh, he had heart surgery so you know he could find a way to push the blame somewhere else Uh, but to me it comes down to him controlling his temper at times you know I think he's had more interactions that have you know brought a lot of negative attention towards himself than anything and uh, i think if he just calms down uh and stops bringing that you know on to himself and all that you know those those anger issues can kind of you know once you're done playing and you're living normal life or your coaching team that's not a good look uh so i would definitely say that some people are starting to you know question uh what direction the program is heading uh, but I think if they can get some players in there and he can get recruiting and he's back on the sideline coaching uh, permanently, then I think you could start to see more of a, an analyst and try to break situations down. But this has been a wacky year for Michigan, so it's really hard to really uh, give a fair assessment.
1: Yeah. Shout out to Shahada Wells. I do just want to mention he had 30 points, 10 rebounds, six assists and five steals. The last two Division One players that had a game against Division One competition where they reached those numbers was Ben Simmons in 2015 and Alfred Payton in 2014. It has not happened against a high major opponent for anybody in college basketball in the college basketball reference database, which takes all the way back to 2010. All right, guys, I do want to hop around the rest of the Big Ten real quick. I want both of you guys to answer this. Tyler, we'll go to you first on this one. This Purdue team in the offseason, we were questioning whether or not it was smart to basically run it back with the same guys if they were going to have the same issues they did last year. We've now seen Purdue pretty much put together the most impressive non-conference schedule that anyone put together this season and have the most impressive set of wins coming out of that non-conference. They beat Marquette, they beat Arizona. Both of those teams, you kind of look at and you say, those are the teams that would normally give you trouble if you were Purdue last year. Are we ready to kind of go all the way in on Purdue is the best team in the sport, Purdue is the national title favorite, or are you still a little bit hesitant uh, knowing what their track record is in the tournament?
3: I, I definitely think they're going to run through the Big Ten. I don't think they're going to have any pushback in the Big Ten. I think there's a clear runaway. Uh, but... To your point about, you know, their guard play and expecting a lot out of those guards, especially in particular Fletcher Lawyer and uh, Braden Smith, those guys are freshmen last year, and they had a freshman season. They had peaks and valleys, and that's normal. And, you know, nobody predicted Zach Eady to be as dominant or the player that he is. And, you know, his development and what he became last year, you know, put Purdue on the map. And so uh, what we're seeing is the growth of freshmen – from last year to this year, I think uh, Fletcher Lawyer in particular—he's still been a little inconsistent, but he dropped 27 on Arizona, 27 on Tennessee as well, and then he has four points against you know Alabama and two points against Gonzaga. You'd want a little more consistency out of him, but he has made a lot of improvement. As has uh, Braden Smith. I think Braden Smith's shooting—you know, 40 something percent from the three-point line. He's really consistent. He's had big nights. Uh, You saw what he did at Arizona. Uh, But also, you know, their transfer from SIU, Lance Jones, I think he is a guy that can kind of be an X factor going forward, kind of give them a little boost at times when these guys aren't producing like uh, we want them to. But there's absolutely no question. I think Purdue's the most dominant team. And I'm a big Matt Painter fan. I've always liked him. He goes inside. uh, He has old school practices. I like his approach to the game. Uh, So I'm pulling for Purdue. I would say, you know, in particular for me right now with the schedule and the strength of schedule they've played, they haven't shied away from playing anybody. They brought all the big dogs on. So I would say they're, the they front runner for me.
1: Go right, ahead, Teal.
2: Yeah. My only thing is I, I want Fletcher lawyer to be that guy. That was the 27 points. I, I would settle for 20, like the, the consistency level to me is bro. And I, and, and I, I'm with you on everything. I, I love the way I, I've, been a long-time Matt Painter fan. I think he's absolutely terrific. He's top five X's and O's, XO, X and O's guy in college basketball. I, I think that's universally understood. And they've got the, indom- the the dominant force, the indomitable, whatever you want to call it, in Zach Eady. That's all well and good. You know what you're getting from him on a given night. It's the other guys that, you know, Fletcher Lawyer, I, I would like to see more of this just so teams know what to expect. And whenever you go in the tournament, some of these games, like a St. Peter's, some of these games, like a Fairleigh Dickinson, like you're going to have those peaks and valleys if they're not locked up on a one game sample size, it can get you. That all being said, I agree with you. I, I think right now, I thought last year it was a lot, it was a shoe in for a final four. I think this year they're a shoe in for a final four. Last year, they got a bad matchup at the wrong time with young guards against guys who pressured. This year, these same guards that they had last year are a year older, and they might as well be juniors by the time the tournament comes. I don't worry about them against pressure this year just because their ability to handle the ball. Braden Smith has been terrific. I think there's going to be a game in the tournament, and I'm talking NCAA tournament because, like you said, I think they're just going to run rough shot through the Big Ten because I think it's a crap league this year, by and large. Outside the top three, it's not a very good league. Anybody wants to argue with me? Fine. We'll just hit you with numbers. That's not, it's not even debatable. It's not a good league this year. So here's the thing, too. If, if they're going to need him for a big game in the NCAA tournament to make it to the final four. And then once they get there, all rules are off. But like, I feel like Purdue can certainly win the national championship.
1: Yeah. I'm, and I'm kind of, Uh, Look, I'm a UConn fan. I want UConn to win. But if UConn's not going to win, I want to see Purdue be able to have a chance to uh, go from losing to a 16 seed to winning a national title. Listen, we have a lot to get to tonight. Coming up, we're going to break down Gonzaga losing at home to San Diego State by 10 points, just the fourth time since the Kennel's been open. They lost by double figures. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners, and the viewers on the Field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on betmgm sportsbook here's what you got to do download the betmgm app sign up using the bonus code field 1500 deposit at least ten dollars and place your first wager on any game you will receive up to 1500 dollars in bonus bets if that bet loses just make sure you use the bonus code field 1500 when you sign up and remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, We do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, Parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. Welcome back to the Friday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. My name is Rob Dautzer. I have Terrence Oglesby with me. I have Tyler Hansborough with me. I'm the only one here without an accent from below the Mason Dixon line. I'm going to keep it. uh, I'm going to try to hold it down for us. Northeasterners here. Um, We had a lot to talk about when it comes to Gonzaga. I'm going to reel off three dates for you guys. Okay. February 12th, 2007. Gonzaga loses at home to Santa Clara, 84 to 73. February 7th, 2009. Gonzaga loses at home to Memphis, 68 to 50. December 8th, 2013. Gonzaga loses at home to Illinois, 85 to 74. Those are the only three times in the history of the kennel in the 19 years that it has been open, that Gonzaga has lost at home by double figures. It has been more than 10 years since they've lost in that building by double digits. They got smacked tonight by San Diego State in a game where they had to rally just to make sure that it wasn't a blowout in the second half. T.O., how concerned are you with Gonzaga? And please do not give Jeff Goodman any credit for anything that you were about to say.
2: Hey, like Jeff Goodman said, when Tommy Lloyd left, they'll never be the same. They'll never be the same. Jeff Goodman made sure to tell us that before we got on today. That he said that. So let's give him his credit. Uh, no. Hey, look, it, the the it's not the same level of player. And I love is a Graham Ike. Good player, good college player. The difference is, is in past years they've had guys that are either supremely good college players like uh, Drew Timmy or they've been pros. And I'm not sure they really have that in spades this year compared to recent seasons. Uh Good transfers are good transfers. Sometimes you're going to get good transfers that are good college players that aren't pros, and there's a big difference between the two. Um, There's no Chet Holmgren. There's no Drew Timmy. There's no like they're just not the same caliber of player. And a lot of that does have to do with um, yeah, that that has a lot to do with Tommy Lloyd. Uh, because whenever you're able to pull guy after guy from overseas, this place, that place, in the third, they all start to go to Arizona. Have you seen the, the number of nationalities on Arizona's team? It's crazy. It's crazy. So it's one of those things where uh, they, they, they're just not as talented, and I'm not sure they're all that tough either. And if you're not tough against San Diego State, that's not a good combination. Because the San Diego State is miserable to play against. I was looking, there's about 10 minutes to go in the left in the second half, and San Diego State had 21 points off turnovers. That's an insane number, mm-hmm. especially on the road at the kennel. Not an easy place to play. I just felt like they beasted him. Point blank period. And Reese Waters has found a home. How good was he today?
1: Yeah, he was terrific. Um, I, I think the one thing that stands out to me, Tyler, is that when you look at the rotation that Gonzaga has to work with this year. They got Ryan Nembhardt, and they got Nolan Hickman. They don't have anybody off the bench that is anything close to a perimeter player. They bring in Braden Huff, and they bring in Ben Gregg, and both of these dudes are seven-footers, and they bring him in to try to space the floor, and there's times where they'll play them at the four alongside Anton Watson and alongside Graham Ek. And I just don't see how you can, in modern basketball, play that way and be able to win at the level that you want to be able to win when you don't have – guards that are just absolute killers i just don't think that you're going to be able to do it that way
3: well i will say they didn't spread the court tonight because they shot 26 percent from the three-point line uh you know and you're not <laughs> like gonna win many ball games you
1: know? <laughs> well
2: i will say that i i'll take San them when I get them to you. i'll take them. i don't get many here i don't get many i'll take them when i get them <laughs>
3: Uh, no i mean San Diego State's one of the best defensive teams and you know that's what they're known for beat you, beat you up defensively physical team uh, but i've always said depth plays a huge role uh, you know when you when you play you know these when you when you especially pre-conference and early in the year you've got to use your bench and you got to develop guys you've got to have a bench and uh, if they're only bringing two bigs off the bench and you're relying on your guards that much uh, throughout the whole season it's going to wear them down And tonight you saw them shoot 26% from the three-point line, and you can't expect them to have their legs and the ability to shoot and play, uh, you know, at a sustainable level if you're not going to have much depth on your team, Uh, especially when you run against a team like San Diego State. And also to your point, uh, saying that they haven't lost many games at home, also they play in the West Coast Conference. That's not the most dominating conference in college basketball. There's a reason why they go. They have such a good record and they get these – you know, top seed come tournament times because they play a, a cupcake conference schedule. And I've always said that about Gonzaga. I wish they'd move over to, you know, one of these power conferences and get a little more respect. <laughs> well, look, you're all right fired about that. Be,
2: but, hey, Big 12 well, or Big East, just put them in one of them. Yeah.
1: I mean, comes um, the, the, ACC the one thing now, I will too. say is the, the, <laughs> yeah, all because, Coast Look, the ACC – yeah, the ACC, we're watching uh, Stanford play. We're watching Cal play right now. Those are ACC teams. People forget that. Those are ACC teams now. So you can put Gonzaga there, and you can have all three of them fly out, share a charter. It'll be really easy to do. Um, the one thing I will say about Gonzaga is this, and I, I do want to touch on San Diego State here in a second because they won. But uh, the I, I want to go back to the point about Tommy Lloyd because, uh, Tio, I know you know kind of the landscape. Of basketball in Europe, probably a little better than a lot of people watching the show right yeah, now. Yeah, you got what know the is right it about guy. Tommy Lloyd? Yeah, what is it about Tommy Lloyd's connections that allow him to be able to get those guys? And how does that change when he's not there? At, not hey guys, it's
2: not. It, it, yeah, it's not necessarily one of those things where you just pop over there, go to tournaments, and you find guys under the like that doesn't necessarily happen. You go, you go to a handful of guys. You go to Buna in France. You go to Mishko in in Eastern Europe. And for that matter, you can go to Hano out of Finland for Scandinavia. you got to know three or four guys, and you can get your hands on players. When Tommy left, they lost those relationships because they've had a bunch of really good ones. There's about four or five guys over there that you got to know. If you don't know those four or five guys, forget about it because they all go through there because those guys have relationships with the clubs and in turn have relationships with the players and in turn have relationships and basically the ability to pull strings wherever they go. When Tommy left, so did that door to Europe.
1: All right, let's 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 get into San Diego State a little bit because I do feel like some of us uh, were concerned about this team after a loss at BYU, after a loss at Grand Canyon. But they are sitting here now after this win over Gonzaga with an 11-2 record. They are top 30 in the net. They are top 30 on Ken Palm. They have combined uh, two losses, to teams that are – both top 75. Uh, BYU is actually top five in all of the metrics. I don't know if that's a fluke or what. But um, but they have road wins at Gonzaga. Uh, they beat St. Mary's on a neutral. They beat Washington on a neutral. They beat Cal on a neutral. I don't know if those are all great wins or terrible wins or what. But um, they're just kind of rolling along here, coming off of a trip to the national title game. Tyler, I'll go to you first on this one. We know how good the top of the Mountain West is, right? Colorado State's really good. We know New Mexico is going to be good. Nevada's sitting here at 12-1. Utah State's sitting here at 11-1. We haven't seen Boise State hit their grind yet. When uh, – how good do you think the San Diego State team can be and how tough is it going to be for them once they get to Mountain West play?
3: Yeah, Mountain West is an underrated conference. I would put them up above uh, the Big Ten for sure. But uh, I will say the reason I like uh, San Diego State having so much su- su- success – is in particular because they play old school basketball defense and beat you down and in this new era of basketball where we hemorrhage threes and we take awful shots they're doing it the old school way you don't see them taking bad shots you see their style of play working and uh, it's a relief to see that that's why i like to see the success uh in san diego state get where they're getting and uh i i do like what they're where they're headed you know obviously Winning is in their culture, especially after what they did last year. So it, it's no surprise to me to see where they're at today.
1: T.O., you've called some games be, in the Mountain West. So how, I haven't I, I got there? a bunch of them.
2: Yeah, I, I, I haven't got, gotten the mountain out to the Mountain West yet. I did one Boise State game, but I'm getting out there a lot uh, after the new year. But they, they do have Jaden Ladee. And I'm not sure that anybody in that league can match up with him physically. That's one thing that he can step out. He knocked down a three tonight right at the top of the key, and it's a good-looking shot. I don't see why he doesn't shoot. I think he's a really good player. He's big. He's strong. He's physical, and he gives them a go-to player on the inside. He's had a really good year. Um, I, I really like the addition of Reese Waters. Uh, for the life of – we are talking before, I was like, I've seen that kid, but it feels like every time I watch <laughs> San Diego State, it seems like it's just a bunch of the same dude, just tough, grindy, grimy dudes that will grind you down from the first minute to the 40th. And yet he added something f- for offensive athleticism that was just really good. He had a sequence today where he catches one at the top of the key, lets it fly, bucket. Then next next play down, gets in the passing lanes and finishes a layup that was really tough. He took off way outside of the lane and was able to finish over the top with his left hand. That guy's a really good player, and he gives them another go-to score uh beside Ladie uh, we know what they're going to do defensively but having those two guys and if Ladis consistent which has been a little bit of an issue in his career he, he hasn't really blossomed like a lot of people thought but this season he seems to have started to go that direction uh, san diego state's really good that whole league is really good quite frankly it's just a matter of on a given night New Mexico is going to be able to beat some teams. Nevada's going to be able to beat some teams. It's just a matter of if you're going to be able to impose your will with consistency against a league that varies in style from team to team.
1: Who's the best team, though? I'm putting you on the spot. you got to pick somebody.
2: I, I'd have a hard time right now picking against San Diego State for that physicality, for the body size that they have on the floor. Right now, I would pick them. I also love New Mexico with their new guards, but I, I feel like there's a wearing effect when you play San Diego State because they're so big and physical.
1: Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna argue just to argue because I like to argue because that's what we do in the North. I like that. Southerners don't know about that. Um, I'm yeah. going to take the team that has the best point guard in college basketball in Isaiah Stevens. Uh, I don't think that they are quite where they want to be considering that Josiah Strong and Jalen Lake are still out. Those are their kind of like – Blue guy, defenders, role players, the guys that make everybody else better. So um, you get those two guys back, and you give me Neat Clifford, who has been unbelievable this year, the transfer from Colorado, and you give me Isaiah Stevens, who's been unbelievable this year, best point guard in college basketball, and I'll roll with them. I love New Mexico because of the guards that they have. Uh, a guy no one is talking anywhere near enough about is Keenan Blackshear at Nevada. Uh, remember, Nevada. Well, um, uh, what was uh, the Blackshear that was at uh, – KJ Blackshear that was at Virginia tech. That's his little brother. He's like one of these big guards that can really pass the ball out of ball screens. And, uh, Steve Alford, when he gets a bunch of guys that can that know how to score is really dangerous. It's, it's a fun conference. And, uh, I don't think Tyler, did you ever play at any of these mountain West schools when you were, when you were, um, in college?
3: Yeah, we played Nevada.
1: Um, we went out
3: there, I think it was maybe Reno. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, I think they had uh, – I can't think of his name, the tall center that uh, JaVale McGee, I think, uh, played for him. Yeah, then they came to the Smith Vermont Center. Sessions
2: was on that team.
3: Yeah. Yeah, they. Yeah, I mean, Sessions, they Zika's, were a good team. Yeah. Well, that, good. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have some issues. really, really it's good It's a tough home place court. to play, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's some really good home courts in that conference. I don't think they get anywhere near enough credit for uh, how difficult it is to go on the road there. So if you are a fan of hoops, you do like the late night hoops, make sure you stay up to be able to watch. And listen, uh, we got to hear from our sponsors here in just a second. But when we get back, I have a Clemson alum. I have a North Carolina alum. And we are going to argue it out. Who is the best team in the ACC? Coming up next. Welcome back to the Friday evening edition of the Field of 68 After Dark. This is the moment that everybody tuned in for. This is the reason why you spent all of these years watching the Field of 68 After Dark. This is why you've tuned in while every single night on YouTube, on Stadium, while you go and you download the BetMGM app to be able to support our partners. It was for this moment. Clemson and North Carolina look like the two best teams in the ACC. I have Sharpshooter, Clemson alum terrence ogles be here with me i have all-time great maybe best college basketball player since christian leitner tyler hansborough here with me we are going to talk about this guys. well done but this is where and this is where we got to talk about vaulted all right vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee it is a place you can store your own predictions forever and by using the vaulted challenge feature you can prove you're smarter than your friends so go download the vaulted app that's v l t e d to challenge your friends store your predictions and join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee here is my vaulted challenge to we're going to go to you first on this one i am saying that it is going to be clemson and not north carolina and not duke and not virginia to cut down the nets as the acc regular season champion this year okay tyler we know where you're going to go with this you're going to be able to respond here in just a second to you have the floor. It's ISO. It's fist. It's 1-4. Take it away. Why is Clemson winning the league?
2: One, one person, one name, P.J. Hall. In my opinion right now, guys, he's the best player in that league. And averaging 20, 10, couple of assists, couple blocks. Like, I'm not exactly sure what his numbers are, but his impact on the game in each game he plays in is outstanding. Now, what they also have to is they're extremely physical, And we saw it against Alabama, a team in Alabama who's one of the fastest in the country, number one offense, according to Kim Palm, in the country. It's easier, and I love Chris Mack said this in the episode I did with him, it's easier to slow down pace than it is to speed it up. And whenever you have really good veteran guards like Chase Hunter, Joe Girard, you're going to be able to slow some of these teams down that like to play a little bit faster. And I think this might be the first time in history, Hansborough, that Clemson might be deeper than Carolina. Because whenever they go to that bench and Patch- Pax and Wojcik has to come off, gets dicey. That's kind of where I worry about it a little bit. But outside of that, Carolina's still talented. I don't know that it's the same level of talent that they had when Hansborough was on the floor. That's for damn sure. And I actually think that Clemson's every bit as deep, if not deeper, than Carolina this season.
1: All right, T- Tyler, we're going to clear out here. We're, uh, we're, we're throwing the ball into the post. Everyone get out of the way let Tyler go to work. Why is North Carolina the best team in the ACC? <laughs>
3: Well, I will say P.J. Hall's playing about as good as anybody in the ACC, if not better,
1: but he's not the leading
3: scorer. The leading scorer of the ACC is R.J. Davis. R.J. Davis has been the most explosive scorer uh, in the ACC this year. Uh, We haven't had to rely uh, so much on Armando, and I will say I do like the addition of Harrison Ingram, and I think what he's done for this team, he adds the ability to have a lot of different lineups. He could play the four. We could go small. Uh, But also we aren't deep, but I will say we do have some bright spots on our bench that really haven't developed yet that have the capability of developing. And Jalen Washington did work tonight. He's a guy who's an athletic big. He has size. He has athleticism. He has great touch. He has good hands. Uh, Is nothing stopping him from coming in and being a great player and providing us with some depth off the bench. Uh, But... um, also, Seth Trimble, he's a guy that's coming in off the bench. He, he's not going to light you up uh, scoring-wise, but he does a lot of things to impact the basketball game. Defensively, he gets out and runs. Uh, just like Carolina and our traditional teams, we are back to running, and we're back to getting high-scoring games. Uh, so I do like uh, – you know, this is old school, man. This is Clemson's back, uh, you know, as one of the top teams in ACC. Carolina, after the year we had uh, – you know, and it's, I'm not going to say we're back, but, hey, we're, uh, we're looking like a pretty good team, and we're looking like we could be one of the top teams. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward to this matchup. I think we play you guys uh, pretty soon, and we have uh, three road oh, yeah. games to start the ACC. And uh, I would just say that is the worst schedule. I don't know who at the ACC thought this was a good idea. But oh, we got if there, oh my God. If there's a and North is. Carolina
2: guy complaining about scheduling, Oh, my God. <laughs> to
3: start, hey, to, to start uh, league play on three road games, we we play an in-state rival at NC State, and then we go to play you guys at Clemson. I mean, it's, we're going to be beat up and damaged by the time we get to Clemson, but we're not making excuses. We're going to walk in there and walk out with the dub.
1: <laughs> All right, listen. Uh, Saturday, January 6th. North I'd hate Carolina- for the ACC to give
2: too much favoritism to Clemson's basketball program. <laughs>
1: I'd hate for that to be the case. <laughs> All right, listen, jump in the chat, vote in the poll that we have up. Let me know who convinced you. Was it T.O. and Clemson? Was it Tyler in North Carolina? Who is the best team in that conference? I do want to ask you guys real quick about, uh, Tyler, I know that you don't like to say nice things about Duke, and I don't blame you for it, but it does kind of feel like we've forgotten about this team a little bit, right? Um, they didn't have the greatest non-conference. Uh, they dealt with some injuries. Tyrese Proctor, I think, should be back uh, in their next game um but they're still sitting here at eight and three they have a top 10 uh resume on ken palm um they have good metrics in the net uh where do you stand on this on this duke team coming off of the uh the win i guess it was almost uh, a week and a half ago now against Baylor on a neutral court tyler why don't you go first you can be quick and then let To elaborate a little bit more
3: i, I would just say i don't like the way that is using their lineup i think uh philipowski i think him and Ryan Young have to get more minutes with each other. I think Filipowski is a dynamic big that needs to play on the outside more. Last year they had Lively, who was a defensive presence, allowed him to guard the other big banger on the other team, and Filipowski did work on the outside. So that would be the adjustment. But once they get Tyrese Proctor, don't, under, don't underestimate uh, Jeremy Roach either. I think he's a, can be an explosive scorer. But this team has potential to develop into one of the top teams.
2: I, I don't think ryan young can play i think that's the biggest hang-up there i i just don't think he's a very good <laughs> player and another thing is is you, you know you can't take really charge guilty of yeah <laughs> well no it's it's not that he's just not a duke level player like that it's nothing to do with like not personal he's just not a duke level dude like i was playing against duke level dudes it was kyle singler and some of these like that's a duke level dude it Ryan Young's not that. He's not there to provide big minutes. He's there to provide some stability to the locker room. He's there to take a charge every now and then. The problem is they don't call charges anymore. This Duke team doesn't have rim protection. We've talked about it all year. I like the fact that Jared McCain showed up and had a good game. They've got guards. They can score it. This team is functioning differently this season than they did last season. I just worry defensively about this team with so many young players. Mark Mitchell's a defensive guy, but he's more of a perimeter-oriented guy that has to come over a long, way to block shots on that weak side i just think it's going to be tough i I do like the idea of putting ryan young at the five just to go in there and use five fouls i just don't think he's good enough that you can leave him out there for extended minutes
1: that's my biggest concern yeah all right um kyle cooper in the chat said that tyler and to should battle out the acc championship uh, in a game of pickleball and i gotta say if that is going to happen, then we already know who is winning the ACC and it's going to end up being North Carolina star T.O. We need to get you – you need, like, hot like guy. God. Yeah, I, I yeah. don't think you have a ch- – anything that has to do with a, a racket and a ball, I don't think you have a chance against, uh, uh, against T hands over there. I do want to – now that we have a chance to be able to do this, T.O., I do want to kind of give you the floor because you had a take before we hit record where you said that you were – I think the quote was, I'm, can we talk about how disappointing – the SEC has been so far this uh, season. And I want you to elaborate on that because we're sitting here and, like, the records are ugly. They got three yeah. teams in the top ten on Ken and neither of those teams are who I would call the two best teams in the league, and that's Tennessee and, uh, and Kentucky. So talk to me about the SEC and why you feel the way you feel. No,
2: nah, we, we were expecting so much out of Texas A&M, and they've got four losses. Arkansas had all these transfers. They've got four losses. Missouri's got five losses, including, including an embarrassing one to Seton Hall at home. Like, it, Just looking at all these teams. it's it, When are we going to start – like, are we going to hold them accountable? Alabama's got five losses. But sure as shit, Louisville loses to somebody. I hear it from Goodman. Like, what are we ever going to talk about? Like the SEC underperforming in the non-conference because that's what's happening. They're underperforming. They're playing close, so that that keeps their metrics up, but they're underperforming. Like, what, what are we doing? So, it, it, is the goose not good for the gander? What's good for the goose is not good for the gander. I don't understand. Like, are we going to hold everybody to the same standards as winning, losing, basketball games? Tennessee's got three losses. Alabama's second best team in Kim five losses. Auburn. I'll give Auburn. I'm not going to hate on Auburn. They're really good. I like that team. Kentucky's really good, two losses. Texas A&M, we are all preaching like, hey, th- this is a team that can win the SEC, four losses. Like, what What do we – I understand it's a young conference, it's an athletic conference, but are we – is that where we're at right now? We're not going to say anything? I'm not going to say they're completely disappointing, but they haven't been as good as advertised. We were hyping them as the second-best conference. And according to Ken Palm, they are. But sometimes Ken Palm is Ken Wrong. He's not. He doesn't get it all right. So, like, let these oh, things start buddy. to catch up. If you lose, that should Boo. drop you. A bit, damn
1: <laughs> Ken Palm is Ken Wrong. Oh, that yeah. joke was Ken Wrong. To um, I also love. And I got to give you funny. credit. I got to give you credit for this because I don't know if anybody else picked up this uh, this shot that you threw, but it was it was a sniper, right? It was a it was a left hook that you didn't see it coming. Missouri has lost at home to Jackson State. They lost to Kansas in a game uh, that is a rivalry game. They got their doors blown off, embarrassed by Illinois in the, uh, what was it, the bragging rights game, right? And the one that you choose to say is the most embarrassing loss is to Seaton Hall, who followed that up with a win over UConn, all because our producer, Dagan Hughes is a Seton Hall alum. I I appreciated that. I love that you threw that in there. I hope that the listeners and the people in the chat can appreciate that as well. Tyler, (laughs) I know you feel the same way about the SEC. Go ahead. Tell me what you think. And feel free to make fun of Dagan in the process if you want.
3: No, I I just think the SEC, for what we hyped them up to be, uh, especially before the season started, and I saw Tennessee walk into the Smith Center and just get destroyed. Uh, So it's really hard for me to take them seriously. Uh, after what UNC did to them at home. Uh, but, you know, like you said, you, you know, Kentucky's probably the best team in the SEC, and that's about as much credit as I'll get uh, give Big, Big Blue Nation uh, from me. And I will say they've only had one quad, one win as well, and that's against my Tar Heels. Yeah. Uh, but... Um... <laughs> Don't let them off the of, hook, T.
2: Don't <laughs> let them off the hook. Don't let them off the hook. I love them. but
3: Yeah, it just seems like everybody's beaten Alabama. Everybody's beaten Arkansas at some point. Uh, so, it, and it's not to say that those teams won't develop, because I do think Arkansas has potential. They have players. Uh, they have that Brazil kid who I think is going to be, you know, if he gets it going, could be an issue for every team. Uh, but uh, the SEC is underwhelmed.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing with them is that there's no – there is no Arizona. There is no Purdue. There is no UConn. There is no juggernaut that you look at and you say without a doubt yeah, that a is a team go Yeah, it's just a bunch of teams with three or more losses.
2: losses.
1: Yeah, it's just a bunch of teams that are like good teams. Except for, that you except can talk for Ole Miss like being really good teams, except for Ole Miss, they're sitting there undefeated. And, and you know what's funny? They're sitting there undefeated and they're projected to finish uh, ninth in the conference according to uh, some of those metrics. So um, I just—it's it, a fascinating. Long. Ken is wrong. I, I just I think it's a really interesting league because uh, it is the one where I think the race is the most wide open. I could talk myself into Tennessee, into Alabama, into Auburn, into Kentucky, uh, into Arkansas, maybe into Ole Miss. Maybe uh, nah, that's probably it. I think I, I I could talk myself into six different teams winning the conference. And I don't know if there's another league where you can say that. So I think it's just uh TO, part of why it's become this uh, this league that we're questioning is because it's just so balanced at the top instead of having one team kind of run away with it. Yes. Yeah? And, no. a, lot of Agree. and a lot of losses. a lot
2: of losses. I don't have a whole lot to say,
1: just a lot of losses. Yeah, what about Vanderbilt, huh? Four and eight, they impressed you? They have not. They have not. <laughs> nobody,
2: is, nobody is happier than Jeff Goodman.
1: Oh, man, here we go. Um, all right. we right, uh, we're going to get to break here. On the other side of this break, we're going to play a little game called Buy, Sell, Hold. It's one of my favorite games to play. We're going to put these guys on the spot. We're going to pick three really good teams, and we're going to make them decide who are they buying, who are they selling, who are they holding. We're going to talk about some of the best teams As in As you guys know by now, we're going to talk about Memphis. We're going to talk about FAU. It's going to be a fun game coming up next.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Welcome back. Friday evening, Field of 68 after dark. Rob Doster, Tyler Hansborough, Terrence Oglesby, we're going to jump right into it guys we are playing a little game of buy sell hold i think it is self-explanatory for the people that are listening you're going to buy one team you're going to hold one team and you're going to sell one team as if they are stocks we got four uh four sets i think is the best way to phrase it that we got to get through here we're going to start with this TO, we're going to you first uconn kansas and houston buy sell hold Oh, man.
2: UConn, Kansas, Houston. I'm buying Houston because Houston is Houston, and you never doubt Kelvin Sampson at this point. When are we going to learn? I've learned. I'm not doubting him. I don't care what league he's in. They're still going to be really good, and they're going to be at the very top of that Big 12 Conference. I'm holding on Kansas because I feel like they're still very good. I feel like they need a spark plug off the bench when the games really matter come tournament time. And then UConn, I hate to even say it. I still love UConn. I still love Danny Hurley, but you gave me three really tough choices, and the only reason I'm going against is because of Donovan Klingon's foot. That scared me. When he goes back, I'm jumping right back on the UConn bandwagon because they're still really, really good. I'm not speaking negatively about UConn, but this was a bad three. This was a bad three teams.
1: Yeah. Um UConn fans, I just want you to know TO uh, has just confirmed that he hates UConn even more than he hates Providence. Make sure I love UConn. I, I hate your wagon. pizza. Your pizza sucks. <laughs> oh, God, get out of here TO you're out of your <laughs> mind. Tyler go kidding. ahead. I'm go just home. It's, a it's good. P- it's
2: mediocre pizza. It's a six out of ten.
3: <laughs> I, I'm selling Houston. I'm doubting Calvin Sampson. I don't believe it. Uh, new conference. They're going to get beat up in the Big Twelve. Uh, I'm holding on UConn until Klingon's back and he's healthy and he's dominating. Uh, if he is healthy and he is dominating and he's Klingon, uh, they're going to win the whole thing. But I'm buying Kansas right now. Uh, Bill Self and their their top uh, tier players are uh to me the best in the country
1: right now all right so uh this is going to shock everybody for the guy wearing a shirt that says top dogs that has a picture of Khalid El Amin hanging on the wall right over there but I'm going to buy Yukon here but I'm going to give you an argument that actually makes sense you're never going to be able to get Yukon stock lower than it is right now they just struggled at home with st john's they just lost to seton hall by 15 a humiliating loss uh, that they should gross. never ever ever think about again gross disgusting and you also have a banged up donovan Kling and steph castle hasn't quite figured it out the freshmen still look like freshmen you'll never be able to get uconn stock lower than it is right now at this very moment and we know when they get healthy what they can be uh i am going to hold on kansas i still think kansas is really really damn good i still think that when you give me bill self and four guys that can be the best player of the floor in any given time, two of whom are having all American caliber seasons. That's awesome. And I'm selling Houston. Still love you, Houston, but uh, you made me pick between three of the best teams in college basketball. All right, set number two, Gonzaga, Duke, and Baylor. Tyler, we're going to head to you first on this one.
3: I'm buying Duke. Uh, I think they're too talented. I like Filipowski, most dynamic big in college. Uh, I am holding on Baylor. I think they're young. Jacoby Walters, I think, is his name. Uh, he is a guy that can get out and score against anybody. Uh, Gonzaga, I don't think they have the depth. We already talked about that. I'm uh, selling them.
2: T.O.? I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to flip my buy and hold. Uh, I'm, I'm buying Baylor because of Scott Drew and what they have on the perimeter. I really like those guys. Ray J. Dennis, really good. Jacoby uh But the Walter kid's really good. And then I'm going to um, hold Duke. And I feel like they're going to have, they're still figuring some some things out on the defensive end, but Duke is still Duke. They're still really good. They're not overly deep, but that front seven is tough. Uh, And then I'm selling Gonzaga. It's just not the same amount of talent. We've discussed it ad nauseum. Still a good team. They're just not as good as they've been in years past. And I don't know that they'll ever get back to that point.
1: Yeah, I think the obvious one here is selling Gonzaga, Um, our producer, Dagan Hughes, that put these together. It was about as uh, poor of a performance putting them together as you would see out of Seton Hall when they go on the road to play uh, at Xavier and get 20-piece. That's kind of what that ever was. Um, I'm going to buy Duke just because I think that there is more upside there. Uh, Jeremy Roach and Jared McCain have been awesome since um, Tyrese Proctor went out. Jeremy McCain specifically is really, I think he's averaging like 19 points in the three games at Proctor. It was not there. And we're about to see Proctor come back. I'm going to hold on Baylor because I'm not convinced uh, that they are good enough defensively to be able to win six games in the month of March just yet. Next up, uh, this is going to be a tough one. I think we're going to know where you're going with this one, T.O. Oklahoma, BYU, and your Clemson Tigers.
2: Man, this is a tough one too. Uh, I'd like to buy all three of them. Uh, I think Jackson Robinson at BYU is a really good player. He's long, he can really shoot it, and he's really found his rhythm in Pope's offense. So that's a good thing for them. Uh, but if I had to pick one to sell, that's tough. I'm, I'm going to go Oklahoma just because of uh, their best player is six foot, a buck 60, and he's really good, but you're making me pick. So I'm going to sell Oklahoma – Uh, I'm going to hold BYU because I'm still curious to see how that continues to develop in the big 12, a much tougher conference than what they've been in. And then, uh, I'm buying Clemson because of the veteran guards to go along with PJ Hall. Who's the best player in that league.
3: Tyler. Yeah, I'm buying Clemson, uh, PJ Hall playing unbelievable. Uh, they have depth, they have veteranship. I think they're going to be good, uh, I'm going to sell Oklahoma. Uh, I think their strength of schedule has been comical, and I think we'll find out more about them once the Big 12 starts. Uh, And I'm going to hold on BYU as of right now. Uh, I do see some potential there, but we'll see what happens.
1: Tyler, the one thing I appreciate about you is that nobody is ever going to question how you feel about anything. They're, they're non-conference <laughs> schedule with comical. You just say yeah. how you feel, man, and I love it. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, love it. Psycho-T, no, no
2: gray area. No
1: gray area with psycho No T. BS when it comes from Psycho-T. Um, I am going to buy Oklahoma, and the reason that I'm going to buy Oklahoma is I feel like uh, – after getting smacked around a little bit by North Carolina, people are going to jump off the bandwagon a little bit. I still am in on them. Uh, I love the two-guard look. I love Otega Owe. I love the athleticism. They have the three and four spot. I love the way that they can bounce between Sam Godwin and John Hughley at the five spot. And I don't think that wins for Iowa, USC, Providence by 20, and Arkansas um, is something that you can just kind of uh, ignore. I am going to sell – BYU And the reason that I'm selling BYU is simple. Right now, they are ranked top five in all of the metrics, and I do not think that this is a top five team. So uh, I think they're really good. I do not think they are anywhere near as good as what their resume says that they are. How can you be ranked in the top five of the metrics when you've beaten San Diego State, NC State, and a bunch of teams that would uh, qualify um, in the comical uh, category, according to Tyler Harrisburg. Tim Hans- having a hard year. GitHub's yeah, having a hard year. And I'm going to hold on Clemson. Clemson's really damn good. All right, real quick, we'll get this this one quick. Buy, sell, hold, Memphis, FAU, Colorado State. Go ahead, Tyler.
3: I'm buying FAU uh, based off of, you know, what they did last year. Jarnell Davis is a guy. Uh, but uh, I would hold on Memphis. Uh, I think Memphis, uh, they have a lot of depth. I-, I think Penny's doing a great job this year. And Colorado State, uh, but, uh, uh, I'm going to sell. Uh, I'm not buying it, even though they're in the Mountain West and they have, you know, according to you, the best point guard in college basketball. Uh, I'm just not there with them right now. Go ahead, Tio. I'm, I'm Okay,
2: so I'm buying FAU for obvious reasons. They've proven it time and time again. I'm holding Colorado State uh, because uh, Isaiah Stevens is that good, Nico Medved's a head, hell of a coach. And then I'm selling uh, Memphis because screw John Martin, that's why. That's the only reason. <laughs> That's the only reason.
1: Oh man, I love it. Um, I am. Uh, I am. I'm selling Colorado State right now just because they are not healthy, and I got to see them get healthy before uh, I'm able to sell on them. I'm going to hold on Memphis because they are uh, a really, really good team. But I am not entirely convinced that this David Jones 40% three point shooting thing is going to continue. And I'm buying my fau owls man i'm not gonna lie i'm an fau basketball fan these days you got to do what you got to do all right toast of the night TO, we're going to you first on this one I, I wasn't prepared i wasn't prepared go to tyler go to tyler tyler toast of the night
3: uh man this was uh the first home game without uh eric Montrose on the radio so uh, uh, i want to give a shout out to him since his passing and you know he is uh I Mag, mean, he was one of the best, and so I just felt like he deserved a toast
1: for tonight. Yeah, hell yeah, I like that I one. Toast. I like that Eric one. Eric Montrose. a basketball Eric legend, Montrose. and one of the guys that really kind of kicked off the uh, that that era for um, for North Carolina. And uh, one of the first players that I actually remember as a college basketball player, the flat top and everything. What a legend, man! Those were uh, those were awesome North Carolina teams. Go ahead, Tio, what do you got?
2: I'm toasting – I'm going – I have a Furman game tomorrow that I'm going to be calling, and J.P. Pegues has been that guy. He's the one who hit the shot against Virginia uh, to put them over the top. He is averaging over 18 a game, over six assists. He's been really good, one of the more unheralded names. Uh, Cheers to Furman. Trying to kind of revamp after losing two of the best players of all time at that school.
1: Uh, My toast of the night is going to go out to none other – then the American gangster himself, Will wait. How could you toast anybody other than Will Wade tonight and be able to sleep with both eyes shut? You might wake up in the middle of the night and there's an American gangster right there. I left there. you the layup. This has been the, <laughs> the field of 68 after dark. Make sure you head over to Stadium YouTube channel and the Stadium app. Jump into last call. Ask us questions. We'll answer them.